0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, and never changing, I am your host, Michael Sherlock, because if I'm not the host anymore, then we have bigger problems. And all month long, we are talking about money matters or money matters, depends on what you think of that. But regardless, every one of my guests this month is bringing incredible information for each of us to take, either for our personal lives or for our business lives to make sure that we come out financially more savvy, as well as strong and healthy. And my guest today is Derek Van Ness. He's a wealth strategist who's passionate about helping people reach their full potential. So you know that's going to go over well with me. His company is called Big Life Financial, and he's focused on removing the mystery and misinformation surrounding money and surrounding financial strategy. So get this, people can live their biggest life. Which is fantastic and he believes that each person has something unique and valuable to contribute to the world but most people are never fully able to express that gift due to things like fear doubt worry all those negative emotions that sometimes can be just surrounding our relationship with money and his mission is to eradicate that fear and fundamentally change the way people think about and utilize money within the next generation which is so important Now, he can help anyone, but he's specifically focused on small business owners. He's already helped thousands of them to create financial certainty and confidence. And get this, in his free time, he enjoys racing sailboats, creating art, and competing in, get this, well, I was trying to do a thing and I hit my paper instead, competing in West Coast swing dancing. So joining me today is Derek Van Ness. Thank you so much for being my guest today.
0: I'm honored, Michael. This is going to be a lot of fun. I love the intro, the drum roll. I haven't had one of those before, so thank you.
1: <laughs> you know what? I need to get one of those machines. I need to start being like Kramer and have my own sound machines. That's going to go on the list right now.
0: <laughs> there are some, some really good streamers out there that have stuff like that, and it, it, it really adds a lot to the show. I'm not there either. I have a podcast, but you know, one thing at a time.
1: Exactly. I love it. And uh, you never know too, before this is over, I might make you prove that you do West coast swing, but we'll, we'll just take it as it comes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, you can look me up on YouTube. There's a few videos out there.
1: Excellent. Well, I love giving highlights from people's bios because they're, they're, you know they tell a tale, I think, about you know what we do, what we're passionate about. But I only hit some of the highlights. So in your own words, tell us a little bit more about you, your company, Big Life Financial, and how you help your clients to shock their potential.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I think the thing that's a little bit unique about me is I'm a creative soul who is trained into being like a logical brain type of person or left brain or whichever side that is that does all the logic, uh, (laughs) by my father. So so I like, I love creativity. I love all kinds of new ideas and all of that, but I also really value structure and I would never have admitted that five years ago, but I've discovered that when there's good structure in place, then creativity can flourish. Right. And so in like within dancing or even within sailing, like when you know the rules of the game, then you can break the rules in a Mm. way that works. Yeah. So like I love that. I'm an optimizer. I love people. I love investing in people. And the reason that I'm in the business that I'm in is I was a house flipper for a long time. And uh, what I discovered was I loved taking ugly houses and making them pretty. And that's really cool. But what I love more than fixing up houses is helping people fix up their finances. Like mm-hmm. The impact of like working with an individual and all of a sudden seeing the lights go on and their life change With only a few minor tweaks, a lot of people are doing the hardest part of the financial puzzle, which is earning the money. Mm -hmm. They're just really bad at the back end, right? They like keep throwing all their money in a bucket. And they think the answer is I need more money in the bucket. But what it really Mm -hmm. is, they need to plug all the holes in the bucket. And that's really where we come in is, is helping people to keep more of the money that they make and be smarter with it. Because they're just, you know, this, I mean, if you do a Google search or go on YouTube or talk to anybody. Everybody's got a million ideas about what works financially. And and I'm willing to bet that a ton of people who are on your show would probably argue with half the things I'm going to say uh, as we go (laughs) through this show, because the approach that we take and I take is totally different. But at the end of the day, the main goal is to get money out of the way so that you can live the life you're here to, to live as a human being and do the work you're here to do as a human being. I feel like that's the big thing is most people, they have these big dreams, they have these ideas and they're so busy trying to survive that they don't get to those things. And Mm -hmm. I want to empower people to have systems in place that are rock solid, that we know are going to work no matter if the market goes up or down. Uh, You know, we have inflation pending, we have all this national debt. We have all kinds of different things that are going to happen under the new administration, And if you don't have a plan right now, or if you're dependent on the market, a ton of people are out there just biting their nails, like, oh my gosh, I hope the market keeps going up, but we all know it doesn't always go up. So at some point, they're going to go through a really hard time. And whether that's real estate or whether that's uh, the stock market or gold and silver, there are better ways or ways to use those tools in conjunction with one another to protect yourself. Most people are just totally unaware. They're, They're mindlessly dropping money into I'll use the stock market cuz it's like the most common thing. But they're dro- dropping money into things they don't understand and that undermines confidence, right? Oh, and when yeah. you don't feel like you can control your outcomes, people get unhappy and they lose hope and they get scared, then they play small, then they're not great parents and they're not great bosses and then their business doesn't do as well and it creates this, you know, downward spiral a bit like, you know, a flushing toilet. We like to go the other direction with people and Create confidence, so you're a better parent. You're a bit better employer, so you make more money. So you can employ the strategies more, and it kind of goes the other way. So mm-hmm. that's the the short version of a, of an entire lifetime of work. How's that?
1: <laughs> There's the Cliff's Notes version.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: You know, a couple things that you said that really um, struck with me stuck with me is um, first of all the sense of you know what you're working for to, you know, I mean, so many people like we're working and saving and working and saving to enjoy retirement. And, mm-hmm. but that whole process is like not really enjoying along the way. Cause sometimes we're just, we're fearful. Is it enough? Will it be enough? How do I know if it's going to be, how I'm planning this, if I live to this age, whatever. And I think we build up so much anxiety, negative emotions around money for the future that it would be really hard to shut off your brain then the day that you say, okay, I'm retiring and I'm walking out with my box and you know, here's your watch for 30 years. Not that anybody gets that anymore or works 30 years in the place anymore. But you know, you walk out and you're like, Well, now what I do, I've spent the last 30 years of my career worrying about whether I've had enough and now I'm in it. I don't immediately go from, oh, okay, let's just, let's just enjoy this now. It's gotta be, there's gotta be a huge fin- uh, mental and psychological strain that happens at that point. I'm getting closer to it, but I'm not there yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Well, yeah. And and here's the thing. And this is something, Michael, that I think is, is going to be reworked in the next couple of years. Just look around you right now. The people who are 65 right now are living life at a high level, right? They're what 45, 50, 55 used to look like. They're yep. agile, they're healthier. And there's no question there's, honestly, in my opinion, there's a, a big divide happening, not just financially, but also in, in health and people's awareness around that. So you see a lot of people who are living longer and better lives. And a lot of people who are really suffering with a lot of health problems. We won't get into all that, but it's it's a knowledge gap is what it really yeah. comes down to. There are people who are educated about what's going on finan- uh, you know, with their food and their health. And then there's people who are educated about what's going on with financial literacy and, and all the things that happened there. Long story short, I think what's going to be reworked around finances is this idea of retirement. Retirement came about in the 20s when expect, life expectancy was 63. And if you made it to 65, because you'd worked in a coal mine or a manufacturing plant and probably breathed more coal than you could ever imagine or smoke or whatever, if if you lived past 65, they let you go fishing for a couple of years. And that was your pension and And that was retirement, right? Retirement by definition means to take out of service. And when I look around at people now in their sixties and seventies, like they're not ready to be taken out of service. I had a phone call this morning with a guy who's 78. This guy runs a huge curriculum for schools, financial literacy. He's got a huge thriving business with like hundreds of agents working under him. And this guy sounded like he was 50, super energetic and everything. And so I think people are going to rethink retirement. And we now define retirement as the day you stop working for money and you start working doing what you want to do with your life, right? Mm-hmm. Human beings, in my opinion, just they're not made to shut it down. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like scrimp and cut corners and, and cut back and tighten the belt your whole life so that when you get to 65, you can just shut it down and do nothing but sit in a rocking chair or go fishing is silly to me. You're not enjoying the first part. When you get to the yeah. second part, you feel like all my best years are behind me. Yeah. And uh, a mentor of mine, Dan Sullivan, says it like this always make your future bigger than your past. When mm. people make their past bigger than their future, when they feel like they're they're past the best point in their life, they kind of turn into Uncle Rico. You know him from <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, the guy who's yeah. like, Man, back in high school, I was the man. And like when people yeah, are living the that way.
1: Yeah, he been yeah. he could still throw the ball.
0: Yeah. And he set up his little video camera down there so that he, so that he could see how great he was at throwing the ball. Right. And today he'd probably have a YouTube channel of him throwing the ball into the river or something.
1: Exactly. But,
0: but the reality of it is this, like you don't ever want your future to be smaller than your past. You really don't. When you, when you have a bigger future, you're excited. You're feeling like you're contributing. That keeps you young. And when you don't, you get old. So how does money work into all this? Money is the thing that's going to allow you to make that transition sooner. Like you said, if you're going along and you spent your whole life working at a job and saving money, and then you like clean out your desk and you go home and you're like, what do I do the rest of my life? I don't know anything about actually investing. I don't know anything about really using my money. I don't know anything about creating cash flow. Yeah, You're starting from zero in retirement. Here's the problem. If you screw it up in retirement, you don't have any time to make it back, right? So- We need to start helping people realize that yes, you want to build assets, but you also really want to turn those into streams of cash flow Mm -hmm. earlier in your life. One, to facilitate life now. Two, so that you've got a skill set of creating cash flow when you get to retirement. Mm -hmm. Right? If you know how to do that, then you have a ton more confidence. You can align those streams of cash flow that you want to create but things that you actually want to pay attention to in your life. Nobody wants to be, I mean, maybe someone does, but most people don't want to be chained to their TV, watching CNBC or Squawk Box or whatever, uh, to see how the stock market's up or down today and whether you can be happy or sad or whether you can get your coffee or not. Like that's just a terrible way to live. So I believe all that is an antiquated way of approaching things. It worked when people only lived at age 68 to think that you're going to shut it down at age 65. And if you're healthy at age 65, the chances of you getting getting into your nineties is quite good. Right now it's like in the seventies, 80%. Uh, You're just going to shut it down for 25 years and live off Mm -hmm. that like, and, and not do anything. That's just not super rewarding. I mean, I know we see the pharmaceutical commercials where people are walking (laughs) on the beach with their grandchildren (laughs) swinging off their hands and that happens and that's great what about the other 23 hours of the day? Right.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: so people really, in my opinion, they need purpose. They need to move forward. So we want to help people kind of erase that whole idea of like, I'm going to contribute and, and give of myself to a certain point. And then I'm just going to be a consumer the rest of my life and really start saying, how do I build my career in a way that I build skill sets that I want to have, that I'm going to be able to can take with me beyond my job. Um, so that whether that's part-time work, whether that's charity, whether that's becoming some sort of investor, putting money into things that, you know, about care about control and believe in, um, and being able to build a life that you want. And oh yeah, you make some money while you're doing all of that. As opposed to, I work for money, don't really get to enjoy my life. Then when I get to old age, I just hope I don't run out of money. So I spend the least possible and I just kind of wither into, into non-existence. I just, I don't know if you can tell, I'm kind of passionate about that whole thing.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I get it. And, you know, I as you're I talking, giving have
0: given you any tools, but I, I feel like <laughs> that whole mindset that right now is all screwed up.
1: Yeah. And as you're talking, it just, it reminded me of, you know, I think you said it earlier, it's kind of like this knowledge gap. And it, it made me think about, you know, my very first job where I contributed to a 401k. And so, you know, they get you set up and you decide how much you're going to contribute. And I knew at that time what my employer matched and I knew I needed to match that. And I don't think I could in the beginning because I didn't think, you know, I needed Uh that money to pay rent and, but it got up there. But I remember thinking, I have no idea what this is. It's just this place that takes some of my money for my paycheck. And- Uh Nobody ever said, do you want to talk about which things we invest in or whatever? And they, they might have. And I just said, I, I don't know, put it wherever. But as mm-hmm. I went through different jobs and I had different 401k plans, there was only really one company where, you know, that we had somebody that said, let's talk about where your money is and what, what this is in and what, you know, choices you want to make and what choices you have and what choices you don't. And I was so intimidated by it by that time. That mm-hmm. I mean, I just went to my, you know, the uh, my husband at the time, and just said, "Here, you pick them. I have no idea." And it it really for me, especially. I don't want to say just as a woman, but I do think that this it that women are more likely to feel this way at least in my generation, that it was just stressful. And it was like, somebody else make that decision. Cause I don't know. And I think I'll screw it up. And now that I look back and I'm finally at the stage of my life where I can ask really good questions about what are we doing and what are our gains and what are our losses and what are we in and what's our cash flow. And, but it took me, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 52 years old. I, I didn't start having those conversations till 10 years ago. And the first five, you know, with my now husband, um, were terrifying to me and now they're not, but what a what a huge loss. If I could have asked better questions or felt comfortable or had even, you know, a little bit of dialogue with it in my 20s, what would have that meant for my whole financial path along to this point in time?
0: Yeah, there there is no question that there's a learning curve to it, right? And there are a lot of things that are um, easier to understand, and a bunch of things that are hard to understand. And so honestly, with my clients, I'm going to just kind of take you through a couple like the real s- simple stages we take them through. But the first thing, whether you're, so my clients are typically business owners, but whether you're a business owner or not, the first thing that if you just took one thing from this show and just did one thing in your life, it would be this, and it's not sexy and it's not cool to say, it's create systematic savings. The one mm-hmm. thing that 401ks and IRAs do. And I don't, I don't love them for business owners because I think separating Mm -hmm. a business owner from their money sucks, right? It just, Mm -hmm. it deprives them of so much opportunity to grow their business and do what they're really good at, put their human potential to, to work. So I feel like those aren't a great tool, but they're better than nothing, but systematic Mm -hmm. savings. So set up an automatic sweep in your savings account, or if you're a business owner and money comes in and ebbs and flows, go in at the end of the week, every week and transfer a certain amount into savings, but you need a system for it so that on autopilot, money gets saved. Savings is the gateway drug to investing, right? Mm-hmm. Once you save, you actually have money, you can go do something with it. You can get money working for you, which is really cool. So then you, you kind of decide where you want to do that. And like you said, a lot of people are investing in things they don't understand. So my three cardinal rules, and I mentioned this earlier, are invest in things you know about, because when you know about stuff, you make better decisions, right? right? Instead of just in the dark in a vacuum. Things you care about, this is part of building a life that you actually want to participate in and pay attention to. Because when you put money into stuff, you have to pay attention to it. If you don't, I promise you will lose at some point, yeah. right? So, so put money into things you believe in. And there's this whole concept, and I won't go super deep into it, of like voting with your dollars. Things mm-hmm. you put money into get to grow and flourish and continue to exist. And things you don't will wither and die and go the other direction, right? If enough people don't put their dollars in there. So things you know about, things you care about. And the last thing is things you have some degree of control over. Mm. Because when you have the ability to impact your outcomes, not only do you get better outcomes, but you feel better about your life. Like if you have a crappy job right now and you know that I can work my way out of it, I can get a better job. I can improve my skills. I can get promoted like you can kind of deal with that crappy job because there's room for improvement, you can impact it. If you have a crappy job and there's nothing you can do about it, that is the definition of hopeless, right? Yeah. So same thing with your investments. If you have investments that you can use your skill sets and impact to get a better a better outcome, you've got hope, even if it's not perfect right away. Whereas if it's not something you have any control over, like for most people when the stock market crashes, there's a ton of people losing all this sleep because what are your choices? I leave it in there and hope it goes back up or I cash out and I guarantee my losses. That's your control, which is Mm -hmm. zero really. Right. And so, so we like to help people, um, avoid all that. Uh, I teach something called, we call it the money maximization model. And we teach people how to use a specifically designed life insurance policy. I know that sounds a little crazy because when people Mm -hmm. think of life insurance, they think of the death benefit. We actually Mm -hmm. emphasize the living benefits of certain types of life insurance policies. And we help, we teach people how to stack cash in those in it. It becomes a kind of like a high interest savings vehicle. Mm -hmm. What's really cool about it for business owners is your money's in there and it's growing with a guaranteed rate plus a dividend on top of that. So you never go negative. Um, You get tax advantages and the money's available for your business. Mm -hmm. See, business owners have this dilemma. Do I want to grow my money? or do I want to have access to it? What do I do? How do I balance that? With this model, you get to put your money and store it in a place, kind of like your savings account that gets a really high interest rate, tax advantages, and if you need it, you can still use it for your business. It's inside of life insurance, so it's not technically a savings account, but it's a savings Mm -hmm. vehicle. Um, And then we teach people how to turn that into their own banking system. What people don't realize is there's a ton of inefficiency when you go out and you buy a house, you buy a car, you buy new equipment, all that interest you're paying to financial institutions, this system helps you to recapture all that interest, put it back into a savings account for you, where you're going to get a high rate of return on it, or what I consider to be a really high rate of return for zero risk, um, and grow your money. Mm -hmm. So it creates this compounding effect over time that really, really um, matters. And the main thing is you've got guarantees in place And you've got the flexibility. You can pull your cash out at any time and go do other things with it. Uh, We just love that as like a first foundational step. And then beyond that, helping people to learn how to invest in things they know about, care about, and control. So that could be things like if you like real estate, and I think real estate's a tremendous vehicle, first thing would be like, get educated in real estate. Don't just buy a house, spend a (laughs) couple thousand bucks, learn some things. Figure out how to buy the right house, how to manage it properly. Like, yep. holy cow, personal responsibility. Um, <laughs> do that, and then, uh, and if you like real estate, you'll pay attention. If yeah. you don't like real estate, don't don't learn about it. Right, do something else. I have a lot of dentists who do loans for other dentists nice rate of return. But if that practice starts to go bad, they can step in. They can help the new dentists. They can take over the practice. They can buy the practice. They expertise in that area, right? They can make a nice rate of return, usually in the form of some sort of revenue sharing or partnership with the new dentist until the new dentist can buy them out. They're bringing more dentists into the world. They're getting the personal satisfaction of mentoring them. So like, this is something they probably already wanted to do, but now they can make money at it, right? Or they'll bring dental, like dental labs. They'll get a back room and they'll manufacture their own crowns and do all that kind of stuff. And it's something they care about, something they know about, something they can control. They can get a high rate of return while keeping risk low. So these kinds of investments to me are like no brainers relative to handing your money off to some guy who you don't even know to invest in something you don't even understand. And you hope that's going to work.
1: Right. And we all know that hope is not a strategy.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. I mean, it's a powerful tool when you're in a bad place, but it, yeah, it is not a strategy for success and thriving.
1: No. well we're going to take a quick break we'll hear from our sponsor and we will be right back imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead that's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Derek Van Ness. Um, I was just fascinated as you were talking about, you know, different things about being interested and excited. And, and I just had a couple random thoughts that I just thought I'd share with you. It'll probably make you laugh. Number one, I'm the youngest of six kids. I think almost all of my siblings have been involved in like owning property. So been landlords, you know, buy houses, rent them out. And my whole life, all I would see them do was have headache after headache after headache. You know, they're like, I have to go over to the rental house and I've got to do this. And, and so I have never wanted to have anything to do with rental property, not one thing. And to this day, they're like, why don't you buy rental property? It's a great investment. I'm like, you guys just told me by every action and word that it was the most horrible thing to do. I do not want to spend my weekends climbing a ladder. They're like, we well, can hire people to do all that. I'm like, so why didn't you guys? And they're they are they are like because we're cheap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and I can see. I mean, many of them have multiple properties. But you know, if I were trying try to make that decision, I don't know that I picked that. But my husband and I actually have been looking at a property a property in Florida, and um, you know, we haven't. We missed out on a couple of houses that we wanted, and so we were thinking about buying a condo, and then we could use the condo for a while, and then we could rent it out. And somewhere in the back of my head is just this nat, this twitch. You know, it's just like I just don't, I don't. Even if I'm renting it three months at a time to somebody who's, you know, going to be a snowbird in Naples, just the thought of it makes me itch. And uh, and I, but I never thought before that. Yeah. Then I think that's my sign that it, that's not what we should be doing.
0: <laughs> that that's really it. Like. One of the things that, like, an equation that goes off in my mind if, is if more money equals a lower quality of life, that's not a trade I wanna make. Cause the whole mm. point of money is the quality of life, right? So mm-hmm. money's just a means to an end. If it's not aligned with what creates a better life for you, don't do it. Yeah. Find something else. There's plenty of things, unless you're just super boring, <laughs> there's plenty of things you're interested in in life that you can do and make work or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, I think that's really it. Like, do you feel, and I ask people, do you feel stronger and more courageous and more powerful for this decision? Or do you feel weak and scared and in scarcity? If
1: mm-hmm. you feel
0: weak and scared and scarcity, you shouldn't do this or you should change how you're doing it. You know, yeah. whether that's an amount or, or the structure of the deal or whatever. You need things that empower you because ultimately you're the asset. If you're mad, you've got to do things that keep you right and at your best. And if you do that, it creates that upward spiral we were talking about.
1: Well, and it's interesting too, your example with dentists, um, you know, funding other dentists. I never even thought of that, but that's brilliant. I mean, you're right. You have the perfect opportunity there to be in a business, you know, and love, support another person who's, you know, trying to make it, they're fresh out of dental school. And either they make it and your investment's good, or they don't make it and you know how to take it over. So, you know, you've got a built in system. And it's interesting because about two months ago, I got an email out of the blue from someone who represents um, basically, you know, I don't know if it's like angel investors or whatever, but somebody who is mm-hmm. looking to buy. Um, some additional training companies. And that's, you know, how I, I promote what I do is, you know, we, we are a global leadership and sales training organization. And it was really fascinating because they're like, now this is what they'll pay EBITDA, you know, or this is kind of the starting, would you like to have a meeting with these people? And I thought it was really interesting, number one, because it was way out of the blue. But I said, you know, I said, thank you very much. I'm, you know, it's not, keep me in mind. I might, you never know what may happen, but I, I don't want to have an outside investor um, you know, this is, this is my baby. I don't want anybody else telling me what to do <laughs> with, with that. But as you were sure. telling the story, sure. I was like, Oh, well, that makes sense because then they must've been, cause I'm like, well, who wants to buy a training company? Well, probably somebody else who has a training company and knows that the value of my business is in my client list and, you know, in my database. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But I'd never thought of it before.
0: Yeah. They're just buying income streams and Ideally Mm -hmm. income streams where they have some level of expertise or knowledge or passion. Right. But that's, yeah, that's how a lot of people do it is they just go around and find companies that they believe in and that they're passionate about and they get an owner stake in those, right. They come Mm -hmm. in and buy them out or, or whatever. So, yeah. And and you can do that too. And you don't need obscene amounts of money, especially if you're doing the systematic savings I talked about, like Mm -hmm. over time that really adds up. And especially if you're saving into a place like, you know, it works in the stock market to some extent, as long as your time's right, or inside a life insurance or whatever vehicle, as long as it's always going up, you're gonna get to a point where you got these big chunks of money, and when big chunks of money come along, you're like, okay, now I can do stuff with these, and it doesn't really right. take that long. So yeah, that's that happens all the time.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, I know we've already hit several tips, but are there any other tips that you have for our listeners and viewers to you know really take control over their financial destiny?
0: Yes. We haven't even touched on this, but it's super important and it will blow your doors off if you actually do this. Um, I'm ready. Tax strategy. I know it's the most boring thing of all time, but do you realize, especially if you have kids, you might not believe this, but it's true. Taxes are the single biggest cost in your life.
1: Absolutely. I have no doubt about that at all.
0: Yeah. So imagine if we could actually save some of those tax dollars with like this much effort right? A little bit of documentation, a little bit of forethought and strategy, and all of a sudden you get to keep an extra five, dollars $10,000, 50000 a year. So on the low end, there are some simple tips you can do, some called cost segregation, right? And cost segregation is just a type of accelerated depreciation. Uh, and if people want to know more about that, we can help them with it. But uh, it's, it's fairly well known, but I would say 50% of CPAs don't even mention it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, second, if you're paying yourself out of your business, and you're paying yourself all salary, you should probably shouldn't be doing that. You should be taking some of your income as dividends, because dividends can count as passive income, and you don't pay self-employment tax, so that saves you 7.5% on that Ah. portion of your income, and there's a way to balance all that, and your CPA will know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Third thing is, if you have kids, Did you know you can actually pay your kids to work in your Mm -hmm. business up to $12,000 a year Mm tax-free? Now, the question that always comes up is, my kid's two years old. Like, how do I pay them? And it's real simple. Start using them in your marketing. Put them on your website. Use them in your social media. When you're doing your videos, bring the kids in and have them talk to the camera. Just maximize the heck out of their cuteness. And then you can pay them for their likeness. And that's how small little people have a lot of value because you're a family brand. You're sharing who you are, uh, what you believe in, right? So it's part of a brand, just like you would pay a model or you would pay a spokesperson. Your kids can be part of that. Um, And the fourth one I'll go over here real quick is if you own a primary residence, there's something called the Augusta Rule. And what the Augusta Rule allows you to do is rent out your primary home up to 14 days a year, income tax-free. Once again, and I'll tell you one more detail on that, but I wanna throw my disclaimer out. I'm not a CPA. I don't know if this applies to you. (laughs) Talk to your tax professional to make sure it's the right choice for you. But these are some things to ask them about. And if your CPA is not suggesting any of this, you might want to interview new CPAs. Long Mm -hmm. story short, with the Augusta rule, most people don't want to rent their house out to some strangers. You can rent it to your business. If you do retreats, if you do holiday parties, if you meet with clients, if you do one days, if you do any of that kind of stuff where you would have to normally go rent a hotel space or an event center or something, you can rent out your home. Let's say you're renting out 1,000 square feet in your home. You're gonna use your living room and your kitchen and bathrooms and maybe a living room or or another room or something. Then you can say, how much would it cost me to rent a room for the day or for two days or for three days at a hotel for 1,000 square feet in a comparable location? And you can charge yourself that rate. Let's say you can charge yourself $1,000 a day. That's $14,000 a year that you can get into your personal pocket without having to pay income taxes on it. So that'll save you, depending on your tax bracket, two, three, four, or $5,000, right? So you can stack all that up on the low end. And then I won't go into super detail, but on the high end, once you're making four or 500,000 plus, you're in those top tax brackets, there are actually a bunch of tax advantaged investments that you can put money into where you not only get the ROI of the investment, but you actually get tax breaks, significant tax breaks. Like in many cases, you get to write off 75 to 100% of the money you put into that investment, you will not pay taxes on. This is massive, because if you're already gonna pay 37% on that in taxes, that's kind of like, it's technically tax savings, but it's kind of like a 37% guaranteed rate of return In addition to the returns you get on the money, people Mm -hmm. get excited when they get 10% in the stock market. Imagine if you can use tax strategies to supercharge your results every single year. So Uh um, those are just a couple of things. The last thing I'll throw out there is research and development credits. Anybody who's Mm -hmm. in medical manufacturing, engineering, um, computer science, like soft, like coding and software, any of those industries construction kind of falls under the engineering chances are huge that you're missing on big, big dollars that you can get back. Like our typical dentists that we do a three-year look back, they're getting between 45 and $75,000 back in just cash from the bottom line. I've had dental wow. clinics get back over $200,000 on a three-year look back. This is just money people are leaving on the table every single year. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're in any of those industries, you need to look at research and development credits. Nobody knows about it because it really just got formalized for small businesses in 2015. So mm-hmm. it's only been a couple of years, but it's massive. I mean, we're, we're routinely getting clients back fifty dollars to $100,000, like m- nice. multiple clients a week. So it's, nice. it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. No yeah. kidding. I know taxes, obviously we, you know, I mean, this is the month of taxes for April and this is the thing that makes me Twitch every year. Cause I know there's gotta be better ways. So <laughs> I'm glad there to know there are. I've taken and, many, and my whole notes. point
0: in all of, yeah, my whole point in that is just to tell you a bunch of things that are possible because there's a million other things depending on your business, but those are the first ones are almost anybody can do. If you've got kids, a house or a business, that can probably save you ten dollars to $25,000 a year. And then once you get into those top tax brackets and written everything off, most people think they're just sunk and they're just going to get taken to the cleaners every year. There's a reason that the Romneys and the Obamas and the Clintons of the world who know how the system works are in those 24% type tax brackets. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a lot of ways to, to mitigate those taxes. I've even got a strategy where you can buy art and then donate it in a couple of years to a nonprofit and get massive tax write-offs. There's just so much cool stuff you can do and people just don't even know it exists.
1: Oh my God. Oh, we could talk on this all day, obviously, Derek. We will have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody needs to find you right now because they need you today, what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Simplest thing is just go to the website, biglifefinancial.com. In the top right corner, there's a button that says work with us. That will put you right on my calendar. You can just pick a time for us to talk. That's probably the easiest thing you can dig around on there. There's stuff on the uh, the tax rebates and R&D credits. There's real estate investing course. There's some other things you can look at, but just set an appointment. We'll talk through whatever your situation is and we'll just start at the top and work our way down.
1: Okay. And you can work with anybody regardless of where they are in the U.S.?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most of the stuff, especially tax related and, and with the life insurance and some of the other strategies we use are, are U.S. specific. But yeah, I work I'm licensed in 40 something States and we'll have clients all over the country. So we do pretty much everything virtual and uh, yeah, can totally do it for just about anyone.
1: Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: <clears throat> yeah. I think the biggest thing is uh, most people are focused on the top line, make more money, make more money, make more money. Equally as important is the bottom line, which is how do I keep more of what I make? Taxes obviously are huge. But you need to have a strategy for growing your money. If you don't have a way to systematically save taxes, systematically save money, and systematically put your money to work, you really need it. It's, if you don't, it's kind of like working out, trying to get in shape, just whenever you feel like it. Like You just don't feel like it very often. You don't have a system. But when you work with a trainer or when you have a class schedule or you have some sort of structure where you show up every day, eventually you get in really great shape. That's what happens financially. You need a system and if you don't have one, you're trying to haphazard it and sort of just doing it brain off, it's really worth it because the people who do it build wealth and the people who don't, don't. It doesn't happen by accident.
1: Absolutely. Derek, thank you so much. Great advice today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on our podcast.
0: Loved it. Thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you for joining us
1: on another episode of the Shock Your Potential Podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always... Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.